Hey guys, good evening and welcome to episode five of Dinnertime Discipleship. This is your host, Neeraj Patel, and we have the usual crew as every time. Have Dr. Leela and say hi, Dr. Leela. Hi, Dr. Leela. And we have uh, Mr. Eva. Huh? <laughs> and we have Noah over here whose mouth is full as usual of food. Mm-hmm. And what are you eating? Is that turkey sandwich? Mm-hmm. Okay. We got pot belly for lunch or for dinner, I guess. Uh, Christine, say hello. Hello. Uh, and so today's topic, uh, again, Christine's going to lead. We took a few days off because uh, Christine wasn't feeling well and um, I got pretty busy at work. So we're glad to be back at it and delivering new episodes to you guys. Um, Christine, do you want to kind of give an introduction about today's topic? Yeah, so we're going to be talking about um, what's known as getting into good trouble. There was a senator, I think his name was John Lewis, but I could be mistaken. But anyway, his motto was just, you know, he was a very well-respected senator. Um, He had accomplished a lot of really great things over his career. But um, if you had looked at him early on in his career, you might think he was just a criminal because he had been arrested a few times. But if you look at why he was arrested, he was arrested because he was fighting for civil rights. Um, He was fighting against laws that were unfair. Um, And so he called called that getting into good trouble. That was the kind of, like, he got into trouble, but it was for a good reason. Sometimes, the point being that sometimes you have to... um, you have to go against the, the system, go against the rules because of what's right. So I wanted to give you guys some scenarios or some situations about things that happen. And let's discuss what you would do in that situation. What is the right thing to do? When is it good to go against the, the rules to do something Better, I guess, is the best way. And before we do that, let's give a few more examples. Can y'all think of any examples in real life of someone who broke the rules but did it for a good reason? I can think of lots. You can't think of one? Really? Can't think of one. Eva, name one. Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. What did Rosa Parks do? Who was she? Um, she... She was on a bus and a wet man came up. And a wet man? No. What did you say? A white man. A white man, okay. And the rule was that um, she's supposed to give up her seat for him. Because? Um, because she was black. Okay. So um, when the man came up to her, she refused to give up her seat. Okay. Um, I can think of an example uh, you know, from your own ancestry, Mahatma Gandhi, right? The British were occupying India for centuries, and he led, um, you know, peaceful protests. It was all peaceful, but he led the entire nation to basically kick uh, the British out. I can think of another example: Moses fighting Pharaoh to redeem and to to liberate the people of Israel. Noah, how about you? Can you think of one? He's chewing. Um, Still chewing. Mm-hmm. Still chewing. I'm thinking. He's thinking too. 
Like, yeah. have you thought of one? You can't think of a single one. You know anybody who broke the rules for the for a good reason? How about Jesus? Did he break any rules? Mm. He didn't break any rules. He didn't sin, but did he break any human. rules like human rules? Yes. Like what? Uh, he was like too popular, so they wanted to, to crucify him. He was too popular. Mm-hmm. You know, being popular wasn't well, one of them. I mean, not popular, but like he was. Um, he, he, like, yeah, he was like powerful and uh, people like, respected him more than the king so yeah yeah so he, he went against the social customs and religious customs of the time yeah okay so anyway those are some good examples guys go ahead Christine okay so daddy mentioned Gandhi before and um, this was one of the reasons that he started one of his his peaceful protests so um, England had um, what's called a monopoly. You guys know what a monopoly is? It's a game, yes. <laughs> but it's also uh, an economic situation. It's where one business or one company controls all of that industry. So in India, Britain had a monopoly on spices. So if if you did not work for the British government, the British British company, you could not buy spices, you couldn't sell spices, you couldn't collect spices from the ground. They owned the entire spice industry in India. Yes, Lila. I remember something that uh, you did before you did the dinner time discipleship. What's that? So, um, remember when we talked about if, or, so these people didn't have this special mark on their hands and they couldn't like sell anything, buy anything. Mm-hmm. That's the future though. That was from Revelation, yes. Is that what it made you think of? That kind of disobedience? Yeah, that's a good example. So in in what the example that I'm saying though, um, they made a rule, the British people made a rule in India that only the British could collect salt from the earth they were the only ones that could buy the salt. They were, uh, you couldn't buy the salt from anybody but them. Uh, only they could sell salt. Now, salt is something that you have to have in order to survive. Now, the way we live now, it's in everything. But could you imagine salt being very heavily restricted? Like you only get salt from this one company, and they get to control the prices. So you know, now you can go to the grocery store and get like a big thing of salt, and it's only like a couple of dollars. But back then, they had the right to say, you know what, the tiny little thing of salt, I'm going to charge $100 for that. That would be crazy, right? Finish chewing your food because I didn't understand anything She's you said. She's saying that um, three grains of salt would be $20. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, do you think that people liked that? Mm-hmm. That there was somebody in charge of salt? Mm-hmm. Salt comes from... Pretty much everywhere, right? You can find it in everything, right? In my eye. So, yeah. yeah. You have salt all over in your body. Don't you, when you cry, don't you have salt in your tears? I don't lick my tears. Okay, sometimes your tears end up in your mouth and they taste salty. Okay. I don't know about y'all, but my tears taste salty. Anyway, um. The cowboy's tears taste salty. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Anyway, um. 
Do you think that it was right for the British to say that only they own all of the salt in India? No. Why? Well, well I mean, it was valid at the time. Uh, India belonged to them at the time, so they had the right to go. It's not valid. It's not. Yeah. I mean, they had the right, but it was wrong. Yeah, it was the right. Explain what you mean by they had the right, but it was wrong. Because India was their territory. They were um, allowed to, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was the right thing to do. Okay. So, yeah, you're both right. It was a British territory, and we could talk for ages about whether or not Britain actually owned India, but that's not the, the topic that we're talking about right now. So, what then should you do if, you know, you need salt to survive? And they've said, the British government has said, we own all the salt in India. You steal the salt in India. Well, if you steal the salt, you go to jail. Well, there's no, there's no like, world, there's no world law. What do you mean by there's no world law? What is that? Why is that? Relevant. Like if one country steals something from another country, uh, they're not like there's not any legal things against them. Well, there are international laws. Yes, there are things that countries agree amongst each other that they're going to do. Okay, but country, I mean, without an agreement. What does that have to do with the salt, though? Well, um, I think that um, we should still take the salt because. Well, you need sodium to survive, right? Mm-hmm. And if you take salt and give some to other people, then um, you may be disobeying the British, but you need salt to survive. So it's jail or death. Okay. And so what would you choose? Jail? Okay. Um, you choose jail? Well, consider that stealing is against God's law. So then you're choosing between sinning and dying. What would you do then? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, Jesus died and he did not sin. So what gives you the right to sin by stealing a loaf of bread or stealing salt or whatever you need for your family to feed them? What gives you that right? I can eat a child your family. That doesn't give me the right. You're still stealing. Yeah. And if you're stealing, you're sinning. They don't right? care if you need it. Well, let me ask you this. Where does the government get the right to make that law in the first place? Well, they're the government. So yeah, they can do whatever they want? Yeah, well, Scripture says that the government is installed, every government, every leader is installed by God. So if they're installed by God and that is... Oh, so God gives them the right to do it. Yeah. God gave them the power. The right they, to do what exactly? To do whatever the government can do. To rule fairly. To rule fairly. Oh, barely. Interesting. So do you think that God gave government, this India's government, or yeah, India's government, I guess it's British government, do you think that God gave them the right to say all the salt is mine? No. Okay, that's not really fair. They're allowed to, the government was made to, like, keep things in order, not steal mm. from everyone. Mm -hmm. So you think that the government had no right to claim the salt? Yeah. 
So then you're saying you're the one who gets to decide what is and is not stealing. Another person, the person is being stolen. Leela, what? The person is being stolen from gets to decide because uh, if they take it, but then they say, I don't care, then it's not really stealing because it's basically giving it to them. That's not the question. I'm saying if the British government was saying that this is the price of assault and the Indian people were stealing it because they couldn't afford it and they needed it for their families. And you guys are saying that's not actually stealing because the government didn't have the right well, to it. Uh, let me finish, please. The government didn't have the right to make an unfair law in the first place. And that was an unfair law. So it's not stealing. But that means that you're getting to decide what is and is not fair. You're getting to decide what law is just and what's not just. So are you the government now? God didn't put you in charge. But the government stole the salt from the people. Okay. They're trying to take their stolen salt back. So they're, yeah, they're taking back what's stolen from them. So basically they're just like making them pay money for their own thing. Yeah, like um, like how little kids sometimes so like take something out of the parents' closet and like, happy birthday! Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Little kids like Eva. <laughs> okay, so that is actually what kicked off um, the civil disobedience that Gandhi started. They had a salt march. They peacefully marched in protest and said, you know, we don't like this. We don't agree with this. And they didn't break any laws. They just made a fuss in a way that got people's attention, got the world's attention, and forced the government to change their rules or get out. Because just because you are a government does not mean that you have the right to be a tyrant. Do you know what a tyrant is, Leela? No, do you know what a tyrant is? <gasps> Can you tell us a little bit about what a tyrant is? Basically means that you're super dominant and you're using it in a bad way. Using a dominance in a bad way. Using a dominance in a bad way. Yes, that word, um, Tyrannosaurus. Yes. Yes, it is. Tyranno means terrible. When you say tyrant, I think of a toddler. (laughs) Tyrant reminds me of like a tyrant. Like a little five year old boy. It's like, wow! Eva has to say something. Go ahead, Eva. No, I didn't. I was telling you. Oh, okay. All right. I have another example for you. So you all know um, about how slavery existed in America um, back in the 1800s and before, right? It still does. Yes, but I'm talking about the enslavement of of blacks. Oh, it's still illegal, but it still happens. Yeah, I'm talking about a different kind of slavery. I'm talking about legalized slavery that was farm work and things like that back in the 16, 17, 1800s in the U.S. Have y'all heard of the Underground Railroad? Mm-hmm. Yes, they use, it to, they use it to escape the black people to get to North. Harriet Tubman To them. escape the black people or for the black people to escape? <laughs> <laughs> the black people to escape the Yes, North. okay. Leila, do you know what it is? The Underground Railroad, have you heard of that? No. No. Okay, so back then, slavery was legal. The government allowed it, and they promoted it, they encouraged it. Um, And unfortunately, there were quite a few people who owned their slaves, almost all of them, who were not very nice to their slaves. 
They didn't feed them appropriately. They didn't treat them like human beings. They were very disrespectful. They bought and sold them, which is horrible. Um, did you have something to add? Yeah, um, I remember when I was in summer school with me last year, we read a book and um, like and, um, there was a slave and then like, there was a bowl of sugar. So the slave took like a tiny spoonful of sugar and then um, the person who made them the slave, like they kept whacking them and so the slave had to go and eat potato scraps with the food. Yeah, I think that was Harriet Tubman. Yeah. So um, back at that time, slavery was legal. It was allowed. In fact, there were laws that said that slaves cannot escape. And if they do, when you find them and catch them, you can beat them. You, you have the right to kill them if you want to. Mm -hmm. um, you, it's against the law to help a slave escape. So if the government or if anybody finds out that you helped a slave escape, you could be, have just the same consequence. The same, same were just people's property, like the, the thing. Yes, they were treated like property. Um, it's, yeah. important, it's important you understand they were not actually property. Well, I mean... Just because I say you're my property doesn't make you my property. Well, legally they were, but like not, they're not actually property. Right, okay. It kind of goes back to the salt thing. Just because the British government says that the salt belongs to them doesn't mean it actually does. Right? You can't say like, oh, the whole earth belongs to me. Like, just because you said it doesn't mean it's true. Anyway, um, so helping a slave, a fugitive, was very much illegal. Um, and a lot of people would, if they helped a slave, they would be risking a lot. They would be risking their own livelihood. They would be risking you know, being sent to jail, losing their home, losing their occupation, losing all their friends. But that's okay. They're doing it for a good reason. That's a big risk, though, don't you think? Yes, but this is still, I mean, you need to have been still okay because uh, you're doing it for a good reason. It's all happening for a good reason. Okay, so that was my question. Like, even though it's a huge risk, I mean, could you imagine your entire family turning their back on you because you chose to help a slave? Would you, would you maybe consider it a little more carefully whether or not you'd help a slave? Well, um... Because it's easy to sit here where we are, you know, 150, 200 years later and say, oh, yeah, I'd help. But back at the time, there weren't that many people out there helping. There were some, for sure, but most people didn't help. Well, uh, it's, still, it's still worth a losing your family because you should, like, you should look through the slave's eyes. Like, you, even without your family, you'll, you'll still be fine. Uh, the slave's life is a lot worse. They're, like, they're treated like that. Uh, this is a tree of really badly, but losing your family is nothing compared with the sleeves. What they have to lose? So you're saying that you would do the right thing because even though you have a lot to lose, they have even more to lose. And yes. You would value. Um, you would value what, what they have to lose more than what you have to lose. Well, uh, what I'm saying is what we have to lose. Like, so for helping a slave, um, losing losing their family is like. Is like nothing compared to what the slaves have. Okay. Um, think about slaves today. I mean, there's people that are in modern day slavery today, right? Well, before you go into that, I'm going to throw something in there. Okay. <clears throat> Which one of you thinks that if you were alive in times of slavery in American history, that you would do something to help the slaves? Raise your hand if you think you would do something. 
You could, well, let's, let's say you're not 12 or 13 years old. Let's say you're 40 years well, old. Then I could okay, let's say you're 40 years old. Would you have helped? If I could, then yeah. You, of course you can. Why can't you? You could do something in, in some small way to help the cause. Well, I mean, uh, it'll be like there'll be people that already stopped me, but uh, I mean, I would try my best. You would try your best. Would you try something? Yes. Um. Because this, like, what, like you said earlier, the slaves are property and they they're themselves. But you're all saying, Lila, would you help? So you're all saying that you would have helped if you lived back then. Well, there's slaves living today. What are you doing to help them? You can help. You, you can. You live in the age of technology, and you guys, you guys are teenagers. You guys are young enough to be able to figure out how to help someone pretty quickly. A simple Google search could tell you. You could Google where do slaves live today? Where in the world are there slaves today? And you would get some information on that. And then how can I help slavery? How can I help slaves uh, escape slavery? How can I help um, you know, make slavery go away in those parts of the world? What can I do? And that can involve donating some money. You guys have money. Or could you call the police on them? <laughs> on the slaves? <laughs> the slave masters. Oh, the slave masters. I think they know. I mean, if they were like sex slave masters in, in like Houston, if you knew where well, they were, then yeah, you could. Well, it's not just sex slave master. Can it be a slave master? Well, in America, there's not much slavery that I'm aware of besides sex slavery. But it's not just, but, sex, it's not just sex slavery. It's just like, there's a little... What kind of slavery exists in America besides that? I don't know. There might be. I don't know. I mean, who knows, right? There might be that we just don't know about. But, but for the most part, there's not. But in all parts of the world, there are. And there's ways, that easy ways that you could help. And yet you have not done anything. And yet you're saying that if you had lived back in times of American slavery, of black slavery, then you would have done something to help. I, I question that because you're not doing anything today to help, are you? So this isn't to like make you feel bad. This is to challenge you. You live, we look back on slavery times in America and we shake our heads and we feel bad. And we admire the people who were doing something. Right, Eva? We, we admire the people who were doing something to help the slaves. And you think, man, if I lived that time, I would do something too. But guess what? You do live in that time. It's just a different kind of slavery in a different part of the world. And yet you have the power to help them. But you don't do anything, right? You have money. You have the internet. You have organizations that help those people and they need money. You could give. You could do chores. You could mow lawns. You could do anything. What? You only have three dollars. Well, you could work a little bit, right? And you could make some money and use that money to help people who are, who are in slavery. So the point is two things. One is don't automatically, just in general in life, especially with spiritual things, it's spiritual pride to assume that you would have done something that other people did not. Because if you weren't in that situation, then you don't know how, would you, how you would have acted. And second, there's actually proof that you know, you're not as good as you think you are. And that's the same is true about me, right? I'm not pointing a finger at you guys. We're all like that. We all think we're better than we actually are. That's, that's a point of spiritual pride.
which we should not have. So I encourage you, if God is putting it on your heart, to do something so to help slaves. So you're saying um, if, you can, if, if you can do something like help slaves today, then don't say you would have back then. It, I'm, saying that if you, I'm saying that you have the opportunity right now to help slaves today, and yet you're not doing it. And so I'm just saying, don't automatically assume that if you had lived 200 years ago, you would have done something to help black slaves in America. That's not maybe, necessarily maybe true. Maybe you would have. Maybe been. you would have, but I'm just saying, don't assume you would have. Okay. Because you're not doing anything right now, right? And you have the opportunity right now. So it kind of goes back to what the, the point of what we were talking about is in a situation like, you know, helping somebody where it's illegal. Like right now, it's not illegal to help modern day slaves. In fact, it's encouraged. But back then, it was illegal. Do you think that people just assume that because it was illegal to help slaves, that, that it was right? Mm-hmm. Well, some people definitely did. They assume it was right because it doesn't matter if it's illegal. It just, it just, you just didn't know that slavery is wrong. Right, but I'm just saying, do you think that there are people who would say, well, it's the law, so it must be right? They don't think much more beyond that. Some people do think that. Okay, so how do you convince somebody then who thinks that way to say, hey, no, this is wrong? Pretend it's not. Like, yes. just for a minute, pretend it's not the law. Say it's the law, Michael Trump always right. Okay, fair enough. So, what about you, Lila? What do you think? Would you... Would you, even though it might cost you a lot of money, you might, your family might say they don't know you anymore, you might get kicked out of your house, would you help a slave or do you think you'd have to think really carefully about it? Or would you just do it freely without question? Hmm. You don't know. Okay. Well, Is it a hard decision? Yeah. Well, um, we know that just because the law says something, human law says something, doesn't necessarily make it right or true, right? But what if someone came to you, you you wanted to help a slave, and someone came to you and said, have you read the Bible? Have you read Paul's letter to the Ephesian church in Ephesus? You know, like there's the book of Romans. The book of Romans is the letter to where? The church in in Rome. I'm sure sure there's somewhere in the Bible that says slavery is wrong. Um. It says here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, and listen carefully. Slaves, obey your masters here on earth with fear and respect, and do this with a heart that is true, just as you obey Christ. You must do this not just to please your masters while they are watching, but all the time. Since you are really slaves of Christ, you must do with all your heart what God wants. Do your work and be happy to do it. Work as though it is the Lord you are serving, not just an earthly master. Remember that the Lord will give everyone a reward for doing good. Everyone, slave or free, will get a reward for the the good things they do. Masters, in the same way, be good to your slaves. Don't say things to scare them. You know that the one who is your master and their master is in heaven, and he treats everyone the same. Seems to me that Paul is encouraging slavery. He's saying it's a good thing. He's saying that um, we're actually God's 
um, slaves. Plus, he said that the masters have to be good to their slaves. Right. So what if uh, some guy came along and said, Eva, you're my slave now. I'll be good to you, but you're my slave. But Paul is saying, obey your slaves, obey your masters. Well, the Bible says it. Well, <laughs> obey. <laughs> well, uh, he still said a master should be good to your slaves for a reason too, because that's uh, that also it like it cancels out. Uh, it cancels out uh, slaves doing your master say for being bad. It cancels out that. I don't think it cancels it out because they're still slaves at the end of the day. I think what he might be saying is that if the slave is, or the slave owner is being a tyrant, that the slave doesn't have to obey if what the slave master is saying is sinful or wrong. No, no. I think what he's saying is if it says slaves obey your masters and then later it says masters be good to your slaves, those two cancel out. What did yes. you mean? You, you cleared up. He said yes. Okay. So, and I'm saying that, that that doesn't cancel it out because at the end of the day, the slaves are still slaves. But, I mean, the, the masters are still being good to the slaves, so... Okay, well, let's sell you off to somebody as a slave, and as long as they're good to you, you'll be cool with that, right? No. Why not? You just said it's, it, as long as they're good to you. What do you think? Smarty pants. You don't know? You can't say you don't know all the time. you got to think. It's cute, but you know stuff. You're a smart girl. Mama, what do you think about that verse, or that, those verses? I think that one of the elements that we're missing is that when we're talking about um, black slavery in America, that was, um, those were people that were taken into slavery against their will. They were basically held prisoner. I suspect in the biblical sense of slavery, it is um, somebody who owes somebody else a debt, somebody who willingly goes into it as a way to pay some, like pay a debt, and it's for a, a finite amount of time. Until the jubilee year, right? Yeah. There's, I think it's the year of jubilee or something like that. It's like so every, every seven, seven years, seven years yeah. you set your slaves free if they're not already. And so it's it's a limited amount of time, and it's somebody that willfully goes into it Um for whatever purpose. Uh, I have something to point out. So this is kind of off topic to what you're saying, but um, but uh, for the point you're making, I don't think slavery is a good example because slavery, escaping slaves probably would have been easier right then. So what you could have done, so it was normal to buy slaves in the South because that's what most people did. So you could have just bought the slave and then uh, freed it because it was your slave, so you can just do whatever you want with it. The problem is, though, people did that, I'm sure, but the problem with that was that um, if they saw a freed slave, you had to have a special certificate or whatever that says that you're free. But that doesn't mean that people are going to honor it or be respectful. Well, doesn't matter. You can just send them to the north. How are they going to get to the north? The railroad. But this, this is the com your point is missing the point. When you pay for slaves to set them free, you're number one. You're legitimizing slavery. You're saying that this is okay. I'm going to work within that system to, to liberate people one by one. Number two, it's insanely expensive to buy every black slave in the South and set them free. Well, the, the cost doesn't matter. It's not a different green. 
Cost does matter. Well, how are they going to get money? Why not growing trees, man? Well, I mean, God doesn't care about the cost. Okay, well, yes. but the slave masters do. Where are they going to get the money if they don't have slaves to work their land? Uh, it's very really hard to do, isn't it? It's not as easy as it sounds. Okay, you're right. I want to get back to this verse. Does the Bible say that slavery is okay? No. So mom gave a pretty good uh, explanation. I mean, so earlier I said that there has to be somewhere in the Bible that says slavery is wrong. But uh, I, I don't think that is part. I remember, I remember, I don't remember where it was, but I remember it being somewhere that says slavery is wrong. Well, can, you, can anybody give me a really big example of God agreeing that slavery is wrong? Because uh, another thing, I also don't remember what this is, but uh, he said something about like carrying doing something more for the slaves. I don't remember what it was, but... Well, can someone give me an example of, a big example of God saying, agreeing that slavery is wrong? Eva? He says that, like uh, what you read, he's saying that, um, he, he's saying that slaves should be good to their masters and masters should be good to their slaves. And, he doesn't say anything about slavery being slavery being wrong. So I well, think no, there is. Hold on, let her, let her finish. Go ahead. I think that it's like um, what you said something about um, seven years and only letting your slaves like only like slavery is a job that you sign up for. A voluntary thing. Yeah, that. Um. And it's every, it stops every seven years. You have to let your slaves go free. But I'm asking, is there an example of God in the Bible of God showing that he disagrees or he does not think slavery is a good thing? It's a very obvious example. Oh, Moses. Yes, Leah, 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 go ahead. Well, he says, like, masters be good to your slaves. Yeah, but that's still saying slavery is okay, right? I'll give you a big hint, Leah. It's in the Old Testament. There was a guy with a stick, and he said, Oh, yeah. Let my people go free. Who was that? I'll give you a hint. Moses. Yes. So, Leela, who did, who did God, who was freed from slavery uh, when God sent Moses? Who did, who did he free? The Egyptian slave. No. Well, no, he said the Egyptians. She said the Egyptian slaves. But, like, who were they? Were they Egyptians? No, they were in Egypt, but not from Egypt. They were in Egypt, but not from Egypt. They were the Israelites, right? Right. And God freed them using Moses. He said, I've heard my people's cry. I've seen their suffering. I will free them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Right? And the slave masters were punished by the plagues. Right. So there's an example of God disagreeing pretty, pretty strongly with slavery. So I think... What you guys are pointing out about these verses is correct. And I also think that these verses are very easy to misinterpret because it's not really talking about slavery. That's not really the point. I mean, yes, it, 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 on the surface, it's talking about slavery, but that's not the point Paul is trying to make. The point Paul is trying to make is about doing, about serving Jesus no matter what, whatever position you have in life. You could be a slave, you could be a master, 
either way, you need to serve God. You could be, and, and we can debate about, can you, can you be a slave master and serve God? But as mom pointed out, this is a different type of slavery in the first place, right? It's not black slavery. It's not Egyptian slavery this, or, or Israelite slavery. Um, and and, and, and the, just let me finish my point. And then um, it doesn't matter what you are. Right? So you could be in any station in life. If you're an employee, you're a boss, you're the president, or you're a janitor, or whatever you are, you, rich or poor, you need to serve Jesus. That is the point that Paul is trying to make here. Go ahead, Mom. Okay. We, we stayed on this topic for a long time. How many minutes are we in, Eva? Um, it's on the top. Like, what minute mark does it say? 36. Okay, so we have maybe five more minutes. we got to wrap it up. So I think we're talking about two different issues here. We talked about slavery and whether or not that's right or wrong, which really wasn't what we had intended to talk about. It was a good discussion. But the, the point that I was trying to make is when is it okay to disobey the law? Well, uh, when when the law that God says is wrong. So what is the best way to do that then? How do you go about getting that law changed when a human law goes against God's law? Well, just do it however you can. Well, in America, how would you do it? There's, there's a few, there's a couple ways. Well, this happened before. Just do it how they did. Civil disobedience, segregation. Civil disobedience and segregate against segregation. Yes, that's one way. But let's say there's a law today, like um, for for example, abortion. Let's say you disagree with abortion. You think it should be illegal. Right now, it's legal under certain circumstances. So what what can you do to make it illegal? Or let's say, for example, that you feel that uh, uh, the police have the right, currently have the right to target minorities, black people, um, uh, Asian people, Hispanic people, driving their cars unfairly. What can you do to get that changed? Yes, Eva. What are minorities? It's like what are minorities? Like you. <laughs> a minority means that it's basically somebody who's not white. Not just that. Anybody who is... Okay, so you're a minority if you are a people group that is uh, not basically not the majority, right? So, for example, if you're brown or black, then you're a minority. If you're a woman, then in a sense, you could say you're a minority. If you're a, um, if you're Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist, you can say you're a minority. Do you understand? You're not the majority. You're so, not the, the bulk. You're not the highest percentage of the population. So minorities is white, uh, is white Christians, that's it? I don't even think Christians are the majority. I think Christians are a minority because we've talked about in the past, we've talked about Fake Christians, we've talked about real Christians, and I think fake Christians are the majority, and real Christians are the, are a significant minority. Um, so anyway, that's a minority, right? So getting back to the point that mom was making, um, and that I was trying to make as well, <clears throat> if you disagree with a law or you disagree with the way things are done, what can you do to, to, to change that today in America? What's the first thing you probably do? First. You can start doing it when you're 18. Voting! Voting! Voting. You can yes. vote. What else can you do? You can do this even at this age. Tell your mom to vote. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can tell your 
friends and family to vote. Okay, but besides voting, what can you do? When you want something, what do you what do you usually start by doing? Working. Um, getting money or saving money? No. Asking for it. Ask. Who are you gonna ask? Mom. No. Mom doesn't <laughs> control the law. Who controls the laws? You two should know this. Senators. The government senator is good. The legislature, you can write to your senator, right? Do they even answer their mail? Uh, yeah, they read it. All of it? They have staff that read that read it and give reports to the senators. Oh, so like if it's a mail like, I'm your greatest fan, I throw it away. They would throw it away. Hmm. Oh, they'll probably write some like, thank you. Thank you for being my greatest fan. senators probably won't have any reason to agree with it. Sometimes they do. Sometimes, you know, if you have a good enough point, like you write your senator a letter and you have a good enough point, maybe it's something your senator hadn't thought of before. And so they'll consider it and you're like, yeah, maybe maybe this person is right. Or if a lot of people are, are saying the same thing, then it's something that they'll consider. So I think that's the first step is, number one, vote. Number two, ask. Ask for what you want. So let's say you ask. Like, you know, I'm thinking about um, the Israelites in Egypt. Remember the first thing that Moses did was he asked, let my people go. Will you please let my people go? But he asked go? that to Pharaoh. He would just... Yeah, he asked Pharaoh. Yeah. So Pharaoh said no, and he went and asked and asked and asked, and the consequences kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think that might set a good model and has set a good model in the past for people who choose to exercise civil disobedience. So the first thing that Moses did was ask, what do you think the next... Thing to do is demand. Demand. What? What does that mean? Give me an example. You let my people go right now. I don't mean Moses. I mean today. Oh. I demand you let my people go. <laughs> Just switching the accent doesn't doesn't make it. <laughs> you can you can participate in, in peaceful civil disobedience, right? Or, or, or not even disobedience, but you can protest. You can organize marches. From there, you can go to civil disobedience, right? So there's a lot of things you can do to change the laws. Can you define civil disobedience? Like, what exactly does that mean? Um, maybe there's like a correct definition, but when I think of civil disobedience, I think of nonviolent, um, nonviolent protest that is disruptive to society or the economy. So. Would you consider a boycott to be civil disobedience? No, that's not. Cash? Yeah. That's a boycott. Man, do you read books? A boycott is... <laughs> Noah, what's a boycott? The opposite you of a You don't read books either? Well, Lila, what's a boycott? I don't know. <laughs> it's the opposite of a girl cot. <laughs> a boycott is... <laughs> a boycott is if you... Like, for example... Um, let's say that you disagree with uh, a store, a bakery, that refuses to sell wedding cakes to to gay people. You could boycott that bakery. It means you stop giving them business, and you encourage other people to stop giving them business. Oh, so like yeah, a strike, except you're not an employee. You're basically selling them. No, you're not suing them. You're just not not giving them any business anymore. You're not hey, guys. buying things at their store. Like hey, guys, and you tell everybody else don't buy things at their store. Like, hey guys, don't visit the the green bakery. Woo. <laughs> That's kind of the idea, and the point is that uh, people will change their laws, change their rules, whatever, because they're starting to realize, like, hey, my business is not going to survive 
unless I change. So, so they're forced to make a decision, change my policy or lose money. So why don't you bad review for a restaurant is an example of a boycott? No. Not quite, because you have to have um, a large group of people oh, oh, usually in order well, to support that. that. Uh, I mean, if you stop going to that store, to that business, because you didn't like it, that's a boycott, a form of boycott. But leaving a bad review is not necessarily a boycott because well, you're going to go back, if you go back to it. Then well, it depends on what the review is about. If, they're, if you're writing a bad review because, for example, they don't sell cakes to gay people, that's, uh, it's not a boycott if you write a bad review for food being bad. That's, that's not. For food being bad? Yeah. He's, talking, he's saying the motivation behind it changes it, whether it's a boycott or not, but I don't think it does. I think the action is, uh, is what matters. Anyway, we're, we're off topic. So, um, you want to close up? I think we've... Yeah, so um, I, what I want you all to take away from this is that I want you to question. When you see rules, I want you to question them and say, does this rule um, make sense? Does this go against God's law? When I say, does it make sense? I mean, does it go against God's law? Um, and at that point, you have to make a decision. Do I follow God's law or do I follow the laws of people? Sometimes you are going to have to make that choice. It's not common, but it, it's going to happen probably at some point in your lives. And I want you to be able to um, reason through what is what does God's law say? What does the people people's law say? And how am I going to respond to this? And I want you to just be aware of that because um, as Christians, that's something that you have to do, especially because... As Christians, we're held to a higher standard um, than people who just live without God, without those rules. And so you have to sometimes make that decision. How do, how do you know what we've talked a lot about, you know, can we do something that's against man's laws? But how do we know if it's against man's laws? What's the, what's our standard, Leela? You don't know because you weren't listening to a word I was saying. How do you know if something is what God wants or doesn't want? Because if it's something that God wouldn't allow. How do you know that, though? How do you know God would not allow something? Well, if it's really bad. How do you know if it's really bad? Because. Where do you go to know if something is okay or not? Yes, you know. Put yourself in the Google. Not Google. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go to find out what God's laws are? The Bible. Thank you. Yes, the Bible. So, Levi, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> um, that's right. Scripture is our standard, right? And that's not really true. Jesus is our standard. God is our standard, right? Whatever he says is what we do because he's our Lord and what? He's our creator. He's our Lord and master. We talked about that with your baptism, right? He's our master. That means we do what he says, right? We can't talk to Jesus and hear what he says with our ears today, right? If you talk to Jesus, you pray, you don't hear something with your ears, right? But you can read scripture. You can read what he wrote in the Bible or what, what uh, the apostles wrote in the Bible, what Jesus said. It's all available to you. And you can make a decision based on that, Right? That's what we, your mom and I want you to understand, all three of you, is that God is our standard. He gives us the standard that we're supposed to live by, and we can know what that is with what, Eva? The Bible. The Bible.
Okay. I believe you. Good. I'm glad you have one. You should read it. Yeah. Um, any questions? Oh, um, this is like really, really off topic, but if it's really off topic, well, we... I mean, I mean, it's not. Okay. Okay. Well, um, what's the difference between Israelites and Israeli? Uh, Israel. Well, Israeli, I think, is a more modern term. Nobody calls them Israelites anymore. In, in, in the past, in biblical times, I don't think anyone called them Israelis. They were, they were called Israelites. I don't know if there's a real difference. Israelis are people who live in Israel. That's it. So you don't have to be Jewish to be Israeli. That's a good point. That's a good point. Israelites were members of the original 12 tribes of Israel. Those are Israelites. Why are you poking a hole in your sandwich? <laughs> he wants a donut. You didn't like it? No, I, I did like it from before. It's, it's, it was really big. You're full? I ordered it a little bit. Like, That's okay, okay, all right, let's, let's stay on topic because... Podcast people don't want to hear about podcast people. <laughs> Audience doesn't want to hear about uh Okay, uh, who's who wants to close us in prayer? Am I being nominated? No, I want one of the kids who had Eva did it last time, so Lila or Noah. Lila did it last time. You did it last time? Yeah, Noah should do it. No, no, yeah, Noah yeah, should do it. She already did it. She already did it. It's your turn now. No, I did second to last. Just do it. You've been nominated. It's not a chore. You don't want to talk to your father. I didn't second to last. It's not a chore. Okay, then you do it. If it's not a chore, then why do you do it? Because we asked you to do it. Okay, let's vote. Who wants to pray? No. Four to one. I didn't second to last. No, I didn't second to last. All right. Go ahead. If you need help, I will say that you should, some things you could pray about are, number one, to, number one, for God to give us guidance and, and help us guide our hearts, help guide our hearts and minds to know what his will is and when to be disobedient to man's laws. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And number two, you might um, ask for um, what? Forgiveness. Yeah, you can always ask for that. Or just, something you need. Help it help us to um, what am I trying to say? You don't know? No idea. Well, at least ask for that. And then whatever whatever moves in your heart, you can ask for that as well. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, God, thank you that we get to talk about this opening lesson thing. Thank you for teaching us this thing. God can't understand you when you're mumbling. <laughs> <laughs> slow down. God's like, slow down. <laughs> okay. Thanks for letting us uh, do this. Thanks for letting us talk about this so we can. Like you're teaching us something, uh, you're talking to us through each other. Uh, and then you know, we just like get to do this at all because uh, we get to tell people about you. Uh, amen. Amen. Good job, son. All right, that's episode five in the books. Eva, can you hit the stop button? That's a big square. Uh, next to the go button. Oh.